The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. things 
Welcome, sisters and brothers, Ecclesia. It is good to be with you this morning in this way. Join me in this prayer. Um, the Apostle Paul prayed over the Ephesians. God of our Lord Jesus, the Anointed, Father of glory, give us minds ready to receive wisdom and revelation so we will truly know you. Open the eyes of our hearts and let the light of your life flood in. Shine your light on the hope you are calling us to embrace. Reveal to us the glorious riches you are preparing as our inheritance. Let us see the full extent of your power that is at work in those who believe. And may it be done this morning according to your might and power, we pray. Amen. Friends, let's continue in worship and song. As the moon follows 
stars to shine so bright that we bring hope into the dark. Ecclesia, now is the time in our gathering that we get to offer and pool our resources together for the glory of God's kingdom. And we get to do together what we cannot do alone. Join me together in this offering prayer this morning. In this Lenten season, we journey through the wilderness towards the cross. We walk in the path of our Savior. Christ withheld nothing, not even his own life. We seek to follow in simplicity and sacrifice, sharing generously not only our resources, but our whole selves for the sake of our neighbors next door and around the world. With this offering, we plant hopeful seeds in the desert, trusting in the fruit that God will bring forth. Amen. Well, hello, Ecclesia family. So good to be with you wherever you are. Uh, thank you for joining us today. If we haven't met in person, my name is Wayne. I get to be the campus pastor at Ecclesia on the west side, and I got a few updates for you. So one, we wanna make sure, you've probably heard this, but we wanna make sure you know, we are gonna continue to gather in person outdoors now at both of our campuses at every Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., both at downtown and the west side. We're calling it Outdoor Eucharist. It's been an absolute gift to see people, real human beings, see eyeballs covered with masks, uh, but to get to talk in safe, sacred outdoor spaces. Uh, the weather was really beautiful last week. We're looking forward to some more beautiful weather coming up. Uh, it's a great opportunity to do that. We would ask that you register in advance so that we know you're coming, so that we can make sure if we need to adjust anything because of the weather, that we can let you know that ahead of time uh, so that you can be prepared. You can register online uh, at ecclesiahouston.org or you can find it in the Church Center app. That's the easiest way to register for things. And next, Ecclesia, I wanna let you know that we have some exciting new discipleship groups that are starting today at 10 a.m. And it, depending on when you're watching this, we wanna make sure that you know it's not too late to register and to participate in that. They're gonna be going for four weeks and there's plenty of room there. So one of them is called Further Up and Further In, Engaging God in Creation. This one's gonna be led by uh, our pastor, Paul Randall. And if you know Paul, you know he loves the outdoors. He's a fisherman. He loves finding birds and loves tell telling people about it. So this is gonna be a great series. Uh, it'll be four weeks exploring the spiritual fruit of seeking beauty in God and creation. You're gonna love it. You can register for that. And the other is called Art and Faith, which is an exploration of faith through, through the lens of art. We wanna make sure that you know that you do not have to be an artist or have any art expertise or experience to do this. And this one's gonna be led by our brother, Kirby Trapolino, who's a very gifted photographer. And any of you who have been a part of any of our Holy Land trips, you know that he takes some beautiful photos there. That'll be a gift, you'll wanna uh, be a part of that. So those start today. You can register online at ecclesiahouston.org or you can register for these discipleship groups through the Church Center app. 
Speaking of the Church Center app, that literally is the easiest way to register for anything that we've got going on. We know we're throwing a lot of things your way and we want to make that simple for you. So if you want to download that app, the easiest way to find it is to go to our website, ecclesiahouston.org slash church app, and you can find links to download that app on your respective platform. There's also a video tutorial there that should help you get oriented and set up and running there. But that's the easiest way to sign up. We hope that's, that's a gift for you. And lastly, Ecclesia, wanted to give you an update on some of the ways that we are reaching out to some of the most vulnerable in our city. And as many of you know and experienced this week, it was a tough week um, dealing with the aftermath from the winter storm. And so we were able to partner with some plumbers who came in from all different parts of the country. And uh, specifically, there were some that drove 15 hours from Orlando to come in so that they could actually show up at people's homes who needed help, who didn't have parts, didn't have the money to pay for those, and to be able to give them the chance uh, to fix their pipes and to restore water and the things that they so desperately need. Uh, so th what a gift to be able to do that. And also uh, our team, some of our staff members were involved in cooking some barbecue and some really great meals for our homeless brothers and sisters. And when I say this, you know, like our own Asher Castillo was involved. So the chili was top notch, absolutely great um, ingredients. This isn't like we're just giving somebody a bologna sandwich. We were able to give them a really great hot meal. Uh, we also were able to offer some to some of the first responders like firefighters uh, that really just needed a sense of love and to let them know that we're, we're behind them, we're for them, we're so grateful for them. And the reality is, Ecclesia, that we would not be able to do these things to bring these people in to get them the supplies they need if it wasn't for your continued generosity. And so we want to say thank you to you for being such an amazing community and continuing to be so generous. And if you'd like to to still partner with us in this, you can do that. And there's several different ways. One is you can do that through a text message. So you can text your donation amount uh, to the number 84321. You can go, also go online to slash give And you can also give directly from the Church Center app. Uh, and that's another easy way to do that. But we're blown away by your generosity and the way that we're able to very tangibly meet some physical needs for some of our brothers and sisters here in the city. Uh, so thank you for that. And so finally, Ecclesia, uh, we are so honored to get to continue this series in Ecclesiastes. And we're grateful that we get to hear a message from God's word from our lead pastor, Chris C. And so my prayer for you is in the next moments that as we pause to open the scriptures, that these words and these stories are not just about people and times long ago, but they're about our world, they're about our lives, and it's God's voice speaking directly into your life exactly where you are, that he ministers and gives you exactly what you need for this moment. Ecclesia, we love you. We can't wait to see you in person. God bless. Ecclesia, this is Pastor Chris, and I'm so excited to teach you this week and to close out our series in Ecclesiastes. What a crazy few weeks uh, that we've been through. It's really, really hard to imagine. Everybody has their own story, and uh, I've been taking time to follow up with many of you. I've been making some long runs to pick up plumbing supplies. Many of you may not know, but there's kind of a black market for plumbing supplies in Houston. Who would have thought, right? Uh, these little shark bite things that you can use to close off a pipe, they're more expensive than cocaine. It's crazy. Nobody, nobody thought that we would be scrambling 
uh, to find, and I don't know how expensive cocaine is, by the way, I'm a pastor, I just made that up, okay? Let's just be clear. We're, we all need something to laugh about right now. And uh, so we're, we're trying to take care of each other and hopefully uh, things are back up and running for you and you've showered at least once every four or five days now. And uh, I got a shower this morning and it feels great. And we're all grateful for things we never thought we would be grateful for. I'd love to hear your stories. We wanna know if you still need help. Uh, we've got plumbers that are in town. They're helping to work, helping to get friends and neighbors. We're focusing on uh, neighborhoods and clusters uh, where low-income friends may not have the resources uh, to get a plumber out quickly. And some of us with resources, we got a quick response because we're able to pay and some are not. And so we're going to be in this together. We're going to sort it through together. And it's not always fun, but it's good when we take care of each other. I, I love hearing your stories, but I got to tell you, one of my favorite stories was our beloved sister, Mitzi Mock. Uh, Mitzi and Jerry are a gift to our community. Mitzi's the community pastor here downtown at 1100 Elder Street. Uh, her mom, they are Hawaiian. And uh, her mom was featured on a Hawaiian news channel in the midst of our winter storm crisis. And I thought you should hear a little bit of her story. Following Monday's big snowstorm, Judy and her husband lost power the next day. But thanks to a neighbor, they were able to stay connected. He has a huge generator in his backyard. And so he put a power line through our bedroom window so that we could then connect our appliances or whatever else we needed to get power on uh, for our house. Their electricity was restored after 24 hours, but their water pipe had broken on Monday. Before shutting off the main valve, they filled large containers with water, but did not have enough to flush their toilets. So the neighbor let Judy's husband take what they needed from their pool. He's been out there hauling water back and forth. And I must say, I'm a, I was a little concerned because he just had hip surgery. But that guy, he was out there and he's hauling these buckets, <laughs> and, you know, and then and, and our neighbor also provided a little wheelbarrow for him to put the buckets in. With so little water, no one has been able to take a bath. So they've been using sanitary wipes to stay clean. I told my brothers my situation. He sent me this picture of Diamond Head from his, I guess, his patio. I wish I was there. Oh, nothing like being in Hawaii. <laughs> Ecclesia, isn't Mitzi's mom cute? <laughs> she, she's a sweetheart. And uh, who would have thought that Mitzi's dad, after surgery and not being in great health, would be hauling buckets and wheelbarrows filled with water? Of course, a little different than our friends in Africa. He's hauling it from the neighbor's swimming pool. But the reality is our friends all across the world know what it's like to get up in the morning and go fetch water. Here we are in Houston and we're fetching water and we're waiting to see if we're gonna get water. And I don't know that there's a lot of good to come out of it, but I think a couple of things happen. One is we begin to empathize with our brothers and sisters across the globe that this is a reality for them. They don't have showers. They do not have this magical thing where clean water comes into their house. It, it would blow their mind. As I've told you many times, in so many places I go to in the world, they ask me, is it true that you use clean water to flush your toilets? They just, they can't wrap their head around it. Clean water is so valuable. Why would you use it to flush your toilets? And it's abundant for us, or it was abundant until it wasn't. And we were reminded. Um, there's not much about these crises that I like, but I'll tell you what I do like. Sean mentioned it last week. He mentioned wisdom literature and the story of Job. And uh, Job's story is painful. None of us want to feel like Job. And yet, lately, some of us go, I, I identify with Job. I feel like Job. Like, it, 
things are going to go wrong again. <laughs> they keep going wrong and something else is going to go wrong. And Job learned not only did everything seem to go wrong, everything. He lost all that he loved. He lost his wealth. Then he realized my friends kind of suck too. I don't like my friends. My friends were maybe hanging on because of all the things I had and they weren't great friends. And in the midst of this, I hope that part of what happens is when, when things get hard, they also get real. And for many of us, the, the best friendships you have are the people that you're real and honest with. And for many of us, maybe you don't have enough of those folks. I'll, I'll be honest with you as a pastor, sometimes it's hard to be real and honest with you. There's an expectation or a desire on the part of many people. Um, for some of us, whether you're a, a boss or you're a, an older brother or sister, you feel some of this pressure, like I, I gotta present my best to the world because if I don't, you know, it's going to give them an excuse to blow it too. And so I need to be my best. And pastors, we're the worst at it. Uh, we feel this pressure. You want us to perform, to, to be uh, maybe better than we are, right? And this is what I'll tell you. That's, that's bad for all of us. It's bad for all of us. Something beautiful happens when we get real, when we get honest. And in fact, what I've learned is when you meet a community of people that are going to be real and honest, you... You fall in love with those people. You want to be with those people, even if it's not the healthiest environment, right? You may have a local bar you're hanging out at, and those people are real. Now, it may not be a healthy environment. They may not be spurring you on to be a better person, but just the fact that they're real, you want to be around it. I got to tell you, Ecclesia, when I first got around people that were honest and real, I was in high school. I'd been in a church environment where I thought everybody was faking it. And this is the, the hard part of pretending, right? Whether you're pretending on Instagram or you're pretending at church or you're trying to put your best foot forward uh, at the job or in friendships and relationships, the hard part is if nobody knows you, nobody likes you. I mean, they may like the person they think you are, but until somebody really knows you, you don't know if anybody really loves you or really likes you. There is something about being known that is so beautiful. It, it rings true. It, it, it changes us. It's one of the reasons that when people go to uh, an experience like, uh, like rehab, there's this thing called a rehab romance, right? And people fall in love with each other. Why? Because the healthiest people are all in rehab? Probably not. Because for the first time in their life, they're like, you're broken like I'm broken. I, you're, you're real and I can be real. And this feels so good. Ecclesia, what I love about Ecclesiastes, and I'm going to get to it now, we're going to go through uh, just a few sections of the last three chapters of Ecclesiastes. What I love about it is that Solomon chose to be real. He chose to be honest. Now, he was a king, and kings are like presidents in our country. They focus on their legacy, right? Presidents want to know, how am I going to be remembered by history? They want to present themselves as being even better maybe than they were. Kings had the same thing. They wanted to be the best king. They wanted to be the richest king, the wisest king, uh, the most successful king. And here Solomon writes a book that's more like a diary, and it's filled with his mistakes. A lot of the things he got wrong. In his last few chapters, it's filled with regret. Maybe you've got some regret. I know I have some regret. What I do love is that when life gets hard, when a winter storm blows in, when family relationships fall apart, when we're faced with mental illness and addiction, I was so blessed uh, a little more than a month ago to, to hear the sermon of our brother, Mike Yeager, who just so honestly shared with us what it's like to walk through difficulty and pain and suffering and addiction and to push through the pain and come out on the other side of it. And I got to tell you, that sermon, maybe more than any sermon in the history of Ecclesia, it gave me hope. I said, 
if, if Mike can be real, if Mike can push through that, and I've walked with Mike, I love Mike, I believe in Mike, I believed in him all the way along, but to hear his story afresh in a sermon was a gift to me. And Solomon does that in this book, and this is part of what he does, and I want to share with you just a few things. In, in chapter 10, I really want to encourage you to read chapter 10. It reads a little bit more like Solomon's writing in Proverbs. It's about foolishness. And he just says, like, don't be a fool. Choose to be wise, make smart decisions. And one of the things that stands out in that one is that he says, um, essentially sharpen your ax, right? He says, if you're working hard with a dull ax, you're gonna wear yourself out. What you wanna do is sharpen your ax. What's he saying? You wanna get smarter, work smarter, not harder. It's great advice, right? There's a lot in this thing. We're trying to figure out how to get people's houses back on and we can pay more, we can work harder, we can work smarter. We're trying to find friends and partners all across the country and we're working together. Then chapter 11, and I'm just gonna breeze through these two chapters, but there's so much here. In the beginning of chapter 11, he says this, he says, ship your grain across the sea. What's he saying? Expand your business. After many days, you'll receive a return. He said, whatever you do, maybe you could grow your business, you could grow your work. Then he says, invest in seven ventures. Seven was a number for the Hebrews of completeness. It meant a lot. He says, invest in seven ventures. Yes, even in eight. You do not know what disaster may come upon the land. Now, what could be more true, right? What's Solomon saying? He's saying, make some investments. Now, some of you are saying like, I'm gonna make some investments when I get rich. Um, by the way, that's not how it works, right? Um, for many of us, what we have to do is decide, I'm gonna live on less than I make, and I'm gonna set money aside for emergencies. I'm gonna make investments. And, and there's a difference, right? The Bible talks about, Solomon talks about this in Proverbs. You know there's a difference between an appreciating asset and a depreciating asset, right? And some of us, you've spent all your money on your car, and cars are great, they get you from point A to point B, but what about investing in something that actually gains value, like a house, right? And it's really simple, but Solomon says, this is part of what makes life meaningful. It's just filled with wisdom. And then he goes on and he explains it's perfect for us. Verse three says, if clouds are full of water, they pour rain on the earth. Or in our case last week, right? Snow on the earth. Who would have thought Texas would freeze over? He says, this is how it works. Disasters come and go. The wind moves around. Then he gets to verse seven and he starts in this theme that he's going to carry through to the end. So he says, light is sweet and it pleases the eye to the sun. However many years anyone may live, let them enjoy them all. This is what he continues to say throughout this chapter. Hey, you may be young, but know that you've got a future ahead of you and that life may get hard. He said, but let them remember the days of darkness, for there will be many. Everything to come is meaningless. What's Solomon saying? He's saying, even when you're young, know that there are hard days ahead. Don't let it catch you off guard. I've had some hard days in recent years, right? Some that I thought, am I gonna get through this? What's this gonna be like? And I've gotta tell you, on the other side, there is something that we learn through those difficulties that draws us closer to one another and closer to God. If we'll do what Solomon does, which is be real and honest about them. And then he gets to chapter 12, and I wanna just guide you through this beautiful chapter quickly, and I hope it's encouraging for most of you. The younger you are, hopefully the more encouraging it is, because Solomon thinks if you'll learn this when you're young, that it's a gift. He says this, he says, remember the creator, in the days of your youth. He says, while you're young, remember, you're created. There's a God that made you, who knows you and loves you. Before the days of trouble come and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. 
before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark. What's he saying? As you grow older, you know what? Your eyesight gets worse. I should be wearing glasses. I'm not. I have a hard time getting used to them. You're, he says, you just don't see as well. He says, when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men stoop. It's bad news if you're young, but you need to know this. A day's coming for all of us. And he says, you're going to get the shakes. The keepers of the house are going to tremble. And even the strong men are going to be stooped down. You know what happens when you get older? You get shorter, right? Your back curves. He says, it's no fun. He says, when the doors to the street are closed and the sound of grinding fades, what's he saying? You start to lose your hearing. The hard part about getting old, and this is already true for me, he says, you lose your hearing, you don't hear as well, but people rise up at the sound of birds. He says, you can't hear as well, and yet a bird will wake you up in the morning. And yet, he says, a bird will wake you up in the morning, but all their songs grow faint. You still can't hear their songs as well. When people are afraid of heights and the dangers in the streets, what happens when you get old? I hate to tell you. Some of you, it, you, you don't become as quite as good a driver, right? You get a little bit scared on the road. Your reflexes aren't what they used to be. When the almond tree blossoms and the grasshopper drags itself along and desire is no longer stirred, you don't even want to know what he's talking about here. He says, you know what? I'm Solomon. I got 700 wives and 300 concubines. And the blossom doesn't blossom anymore and desire is no longer stirred. And he says, even sexuality has lost its meaning. He says, getting older, it's not, it's not all great. And then he said, and then people go to their eternal home. He said, what happens? All your friends die. He said, you get older and your friends die. And it's hard. He says, remember him before the silver cord is severed and the golden bowl is broken. What's he saying? Before an accident happens suddenly and the world changes, before the pitcher shattered at the spring and the wheel broken at the well and the dust returns to the ground it came from. This is a beautiful passage for us to study in that. On Ash Wednesday, we're reminded from dust you've come and to dust you shall return. Solomon says it a different way. He's pretty descriptive about it. And he reminds us, you were born and you will also die. So what are you going to do while you're alive? What are you gonna do while you have the energy to do something? Because in the end, in verse eight, Solomon says, meaningless, meaningless, just how he started the book. Vapor, it's there and you can't catch it and it's gone. Only the things above the sun, only the things that are connected to God that truly matter. And then he closes it with this. He says, not only was the teacher wise, but he also imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and searched out and set in order many Proverbs. He wrote the book of Proverbs, this other book that at some point we'll study uh, called Song of Songs that people are really, they don't even know what to do with. It, it's filled with wisdom and beauty and an invitation to a beautiful life. So the teacher searched to find just the right words and he wrote what was upright and true. The words of the wise are like goads. He says they're collected sayings like firmly embedded nails. He says when you find wisdom, it's like a nail that's hammered in properly, right? Anybody else hammered a nail not properly, sideways and angled, you're trying to get it right. He said when you get wise uh, living and wise sayings, they're like a firmly embedded nail and you can count on it straight and true. These words from Ecclesiastes, he says, they're not perfect, but they're straight and true. They'll guide you down the right path. Then he says this, of making many books, there's no end. And much study wearies the body. This is the, the verse every student wants to quote to their parents, right? Like 
Too much study, it's not good. Solomon said so. What's he saying? He's saying you can read all the books in the world, all the self-help books, all, all, you can gain all the knowledge in the world and it won't matter if you're not connected to God. He said, you'd be better off reading a little and knowing and understanding and walking with God than having all the wisdom of the world being a PhD who's disconnected from God. Then he closes with these two verses. And then I want to leave you with an invitation. Solomon says, now all has been heard. Here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the duty of all mankind. Is he saying be afraid of God like tremble? It's not what it means in the Hebrew. It says respect, revere, believe, trust. What God says, would you do it? Let me tell you, Ecclesia, if you and I would live in the way that we say we believe, that God's really big and people are small, that what God thinks about something is what matters, not what people think, we would live by these truths. But too often, we see people as being really big. Right? And we want to do what people will approve of instead of what God would approve of. Solomon says, keep God big and keep people small. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it's good or evil. What's he saying? Ultimately, you will be known for how you live. And this is the truth, Ecclesia. I want us to live in a community. God already knows your heart. God knows where you failed and where you've succeeded. Same for me. And for many of us, as I talked to you about in the beginning of the sermon, we're living in this place that we don't know if anybody really knows us or loves us because we don't know if anybody really knows us. And I want to invite you to be known. One of the gifts that we have as a church, right? I learned this. One of the reasons Ecclesia exists is that I took one of the strangest jobs of any teenager on the planet when I was in high school. And I took a job working for my friend Pete, and he invited me to be a part of this emerging business that he started. And what they would do is go to AA meetings, and they would record special speakers at AA meetings. I was in high school, I was a junior and a senior, and my job was to go to AA meetings. And you know what I found in those meetings? The most honest, real people I'd ever met in my life. I fell in love with them. You know why? They told the truth. They told the truth about who they are, about what they've done, and who they want to be. And I thought, that's what the church ought to be like. Now, sadly for many of us, the church is the place that you feel invited to pretend. I hope that's not true at Ecclesia. I want to invite you to be a part of a small group. If you're on the West Side campus, email Wayne, wayne at ecclesiahouston.org. If you're at the downtown campus, email Mitzi, Mitzi at EcclesiaHouston.org. They're your campus pastors at both campuses, and they'll help you connect with a small group, one that exists or help you start a new one. One of the great things about small groups at Ecclesia is that we often start by telling our stories. I've been in these so many times, and what I've experienced is that most of us have this deep belief that if people really knew me, they wouldn't love me. And what I've experienced in Ecclesia small groups, and I hope you will experience in your friendship and community, and specifically in this Christian community, is that when you are willing to finally be known, to tell your story, to share your pain, that people connect with your pain and that they love you. Now, I hope what we do in Christian community is better than what happens at some local bar where people are honest and real, but they're just being honest and real in a mess. That you can be a mess in this place, but that we spur one another on to be better, to trust God more, to love each other better. That's what I wanna be a part of. I don't like it when life gets messy. 
I do like it when that messiness leads us to be real. And so let me say a prayer for you today, that we can be real with one another, that we can walk together. Now you don't have to air your dirty laundry to the whole world. You don't need to put it on the internet, but you know what you do need is a small circle of people that know you and love you, trust you, and walk with you in good times and in bad times. We all know what a little bit right now of what it feels like to be Job, to feel like things are gonna go wrong. I hope that like unto Job, we could also figure out, you know what I need, whether things are going right or wrong, I need good friends, Christian friends, people that love God and love me. Would you let me pray for you today? I'm gonna pray that God would lead you to those friendships. Lord God, I thank you for the book of Ecclesiastes. I thank you that people like Solomon, though he was a king and cared about his legacy of being known as a great king, that he was honest and real about his struggles and his failures. And he had many, I have many, and you have many. I pray that as we walk through those struggles together, that our authenticity, our ability to share who we really are would allow us to feel loved at the core, to know that someone actually knows me and they still love me. In fact, they love me even more as they get to see me. Lord, help us to show ourselves, to reveal ourselves, to see and to be seen. We pray that as we walk in your love, even in times of difficulty, even as we walk with brothers and sisters still trying to get back on their feet after this storm, still struggling after the pandemic, still walking in the midst of loss and death. We pray that as we walk together in all of that, that your love would shine through. We pray all of this together. We pray it in your name. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. God bless you. I love you, Ecclesia. So Ecclesia family, as we just heard from Pastor Chris, it's my honor to invite all of us to the table of our feasting and the table of our unity in Christ. And so um, many of us this week have been reminded of just how much uh, we are in need of each other and how much we are in need of grace and we need God desperately. So I wanna invite you to take a few moments and to just consider God's grace and presence uh, in your life and to just ready our hearts as we come to the table. And would you pray this prayer of confession with me uh, as we prepare our hearts to come to the table? Oh God, as you search us and know us, we open ourselves to you. Grant us mercy, grant us grace. When we avoid examining the state of our own hearts, but quickly sit in judgment of our neighbors, be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. When we are disciplined in the pursuit of earthly abundance, but invest little energy or enthusiasm in the treasures of the Spirit, be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. When our concern lies only with our own comfort and pleasure, as we avert our eyes from the suffering, injustice, and violence inflicted upon others. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. When we demand instant results and scorn those who find value in waiting and yearning, even in suffering, even in dying. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. Through this Lenten journey, May we remember and receive the love and mercy that you have already displayed on the cross. Guide us through the arid desert and ever toward your resurrection life. Amen. So Ecclesia, we come today to the table to remember that 
Christ on the night that he was betrayed, he gathered his disciples and they shared a meal. And at one point in the meal, he took the bread and he gave thanks and he blessed God. And then he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and he said, take this and eat. It is my body broken for you. And in the same way, after the meal, he took a cup of wine. And again, he gave thanks and blessed God. And he said, this cup is my blood poured out for you. It's a new covenant. And he said, as often as you eat and drink this, remember me. And so today we come to the table of feasting and reminder of our unity in Christ, that his body was broken for all of us, that his blood was poured out for all of us, and that his forgiveness is for all people in all times and all places. And so today, may you taste and see his forgiveness and know his presence in your life wherever you are. Ecclesia, this is the body of Christ broken for you and the blood of Christ shed for you. Amen. suffers pain in your health you can regain and your soul is almost sinking in despair well Jesus knows the pain you feel he can save and he can heal take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there oh leave them there oh leave them there take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there if you trust him Surely bring you out, take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. If your enemy assails and your soul begins to fail, just remember that God in heaven can answer prayer. Yes, He will make a way for you, then He'll lead you safely through. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Come on, only burdens to the Lord and leave him there. If you trust him and never doubt, he'll surely bring you out. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave him there. If you trust, if you trust him and never doubt, he'll surely bring you out. Take your burdens to the Lord and So Ecclesia, uh, we want to invite you into this time that's uh, a very intentional time in our gathering where we pause and we speak a word of blessing and love over the kids in our lives. And so I want to invite you to take that moment to 
Gather the kids in your life around you. If they're in your home, get them close, put your hands on them. If they're somewhere else, pull up a picture or just pull up the picture in your mind, whether it's a niece or a nephew or a neighbor down the street, whoever that is. And would you join me in this time where we uh, put our intentions to bless and speak kindly to the kids in our lives. And so as we're doing this, I'm absolutely missing and thinking of my son Moses and my daughter Aiden. Uh, but would you join me in this prayer? So Moses and Aiden, my prayer for you is that you know how deeply and dearly you are loved by God and by me and your mother. May you know that God is present with you in all times and all places. May you slow down and find how sacred every little thing is, whether it's a smell or a flower or a taste of food, that you find God's presence in that. And may you receive it as a gift of love from Him directly to you. And may you invite others into that wonder and joy that you find. May you offer hope to those you encounter this week. I love you. God bless you. Amen. Ecclesia, in a time of ups and downs, we come to this benediction this morning from Ezekiel 37, where God and Ezekiel are in the valley of dry bones. It says, God asks Ezekiel, human one, can these bones live again? Ezekiel replies, Lord God, only you know. There was a great noise and a great quaking and the bones came together, bone by bone. And when Ezekiel looked, suddenly there were sinews on them. The flesh appeared and they were then covered over with skin. They were saying, our bones are dried up and our hope has perished. So God tells Ezekiel, prophesy and say to them, the Lord God proclaims, I will raise you up from your graves, my people, and I will bring you to Israel's fertile land. I will put my breath in you and you will live. I will plant you on the fertile land and you will know that I am the Lord. I've spoken and I will do it. This is what the Lord says. Ecclesia, may you be filled with the breath of God, the resurrecting hope of Christ, and the presence and companionship of the Holy Spirit as you go. Ecclesia, dwell in peace. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.